From the four corners of Southern California, this is the hot seat, and you're in it with me, Max Schwartz. It starts right now. Today on the phone, I have as the fourth candidate for the Los Angeles County Sheriff to call into the hot seat, Todd Rogers. How are you, Mr. Rogers? Thank you very much for taking the time to call into the hot seat. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And I have lots of questions for the candidates and not a lot of time. So without further ado, let's get started. But before we do, I just would like to remind everybody I will be following my election protocol. So now, without further ado, let's get started. Because you are the first candidate for sheriff who's actually a member of the department that's called in, for the purposes of disclosure, where are you doing this interview from? I'm doing the interview from a parking lot in Monterey Park. Okay. And for those that don't know, you're not allowed to do talk politics or do any campaigning on the county property. So now, why are you running for Los Angeles County Sheriff? I'm running for sheriff uh, because the resignation of Lee Baca obviously created a huge leadership void. Uh, We've been plagued by a scandal within the organization uh, by folks that uh, sent the wrong message throughout the organization and, quite frankly, were just flat-out unethical. For the last 15 years, I've been an outsider within my own department. On December 2nd, 2003, just to give you an example, I was a fairly newly promoted captain, and a a sitting assistant sheriff called me to a closed portion of a restaurant in an L.A. area casino. And when I got there, and this was a very intimidating thing for a new captain to be summoned by an assistant sheriff. And when I got there, I had to go behind this velvet rope to meet with him, And when I sat down, he told me that there was a tow company in my area that was very close to him and the sheriff and the department and very supportive. And even though it was my decision, I should strongly consider giving them an exclusive tow contract. Well, obviously, that's very unethical, and I refused to do it. And there have been other things throughout my career uh, where I've had these, you know, so ethical problems presented to me, and I've refused to drink the Kool-Aid for folks that were running the department in an unethical way. Uh, And now I have the opportunity to run for sheriff, set the right tone from the top, uh, and restore the public trust uh, that we once had with the L.A. County Sheriff's Department. So for the purposes of clarification, you say you've stood out and you've been unpopular within the department because you you haven't always followed the orders of those above you. No, I haven't been unpopular within the department, but I have not been complicit Uh, with a group of unethical leaders that have been empowered uh, over the last 15 years. As a matter of fact, I have a great following within the uh, Sheriff's Department executive ranks uh, and the rank and file. Uh, But I have been an outsider in terms of, we've had this this term called in the car, where people who were uh, in the car with certain leaders, and, and they were the favored ones who were given coveted assignments and promotions, and I certainly wasn't one of those, although, you know, I did promote the commander uh, on my own merits. And then a year ago, Sheriff Baca, after he deselected the undersheriff, uh, who was in place at the time, promoted me from commander, skipped the rank of chief to assistant sheriff to help him start reforming the department. Okay. And this, we'll get into all of that momentarily. But the sheriff is the head of the police agency for the largest county in the country and head of the largest jail system in the country. Why should voters trust you to hold this important, powerful post? Well, for some of the reasons I've just described in terms of my ethics, uh, I have 29 years on the sheriff's department. Uh, I've had several key assignments. Uh, I'm an expert in community policing. Uh, I ran a federal grant program for a couple of years where I actually taught law enforcement agencies in this uh, state 
how to do community policing correctly. I led the effort to rewrite the basic academy curriculum that we teach to recruits on how to do community policing. Uh, I was a captain at Carson Sheriff Station for six years, the de facto chief of police out there, a uh, community of 120,000 residents. And I implemented community policing uh, and formed strong partnerships with the community, developed a gang diversion program, which was cutting edge at the time, where we partnered with community-based organizations to divert kids who were descending into a life of crime or gangs uh, and change, turn their lives around, get them into those community-based programs and cure them from whatever was ailing them, the root cause that was pushing them into criminal conduct or, or gang membership. Uh, Twelve months ago, I was promoted by the sheriff to assistant sheriff. Uh, even though I had a lot of operational experience, line experience, he gave me the $2.8 billion budget. Uh, all of our personnel operations, our technical services, and our training academy. And he uh, tasked me with starting the reforms from within. I did things such as reorganize the entire sheriff's department to create greater accountability uh, for our command staff. I took the cronyism, the favoritism, out of the hiring and promotional processes. And I even developed a anonymous tip website where uh, department members could log on and report misconduct within the organization, even about their executives, without fear of reprisal. Uh, in addition to my department experience, I've been an elected official since 2001. I was elected to the Lakewood City Council. I've been reelected three times, and I'm currently serving my third term as mayor. Uh, so I feel my breadth of experience makes me uniquely, uniquely qualified to, to lead the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. I know every nook and cranny of the organization. I know politics. Uh, I know the intricacies of the political system in the state and this county. And I think it puts me in a unique position to leave the department. So why should people trust you, despite all of what you said, even though you've been there and in the department while all the scandals that were that came out in recent months and within the last year, while those were all happening? Because I wasn't involved in any of that. And, and as I previously explained to you, I fought against that. When I was asked to uh, you know, do an unethical thing and give an, uh, an exclusive tow contract to a tow company that didn't deserve it, I wouldn't do it. When uh, I had a discipline case that involved a buddy of the sitting undersheriff, and this guy pointed a gun at another sergeant, and the, the offending party was a buddy of the, the undersheriff, we recommended demotion, and the undersheriff pressured me to make it an unresolved case, I refused to do it. Going way back, when I was a deputy... I was a hard-charging deputy, took a lot of people to jail, and thought I did a pretty good job out there. I got sponsored by a senior deputy to get one of those tattoos to identify me as a member of a clique, you know, a special-made guy at the station. I refused to do that. Um, you know, the one thing that separates me and candidates for this office is candidates for any political office can say and promise anything that they want. People who are actually doing the job, have a track record. You have to tell the truth because you can easily go back, Max, and look at what I've done in my career with the Sheriff's Department or my career as an elected official in the city of Lakewood and see if I actually walk the walk or if I just talk the talk. Okay. And continuing on now, and again, as part of my election protocol, I'm not going to ask many follow-up questions, if any at all, except for clarification purposes. Will you run the department like it is a law enforcement agency, like it is a business, or like it is a combination of the two? Definitely a combination of the two. We are a public safety agency. We can't lose sight of that. 
we have a lot of business practices that have to be assessed and, and operated. And one of the things that I have uh, said that I will do as sheriff is uh, not only uh, support outside uh, oversight or or uh, influence of the department, but I would actually invite folks within the organization, uh, the Department of Justice, for example. Uh, two years ago, the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department engaged in what they called the collaborative reform process, where they invited USDOJ in to help uh, help them evaluate the problems they were having with officer-involved shootings. I would like to do that with the Sheriff's Department, but I'd like to take it a step further and invite best practices experts from around the country, uh, from private industry and wherever, to come in and look at our systems and our processes and see how we're doing. Give, us, give me an assessment of how we're doing and where we can improve, whether it be with IT issues or financial uh, monitoring, purchasing guidelines, all of those things. I think it's time to make the Sheriff's Department a laboratory for best practices for law enforcement agencies everywhere. Okay. And will you manage, like, the law enforcement officer who holds the highest rank in the agency, or will you manage, like, the manager of a business? Well, I think I'm going to have to say both. Just uh, based upon the response I gave to the last question, I think uh, I'm CEO uh, and head law enforcement officer at the same time. Okay. And how will you restore people's faith in the office of sheriff and the department as a whole and restore integrity to the office? Well, I'm going to send the right message from the top. That's the most important thing. Uh, and then there's going to be accountability throughout the ranks. Uh, obviously, deputies or any employee who engages in misconduct is going to be dealt with appropriately. But I'm also going to be looking at sergeants, lieutenants, captains, commanders, the whole chain of command to see uh, if there was a failure there. A lot of times when I see deputies getting in trouble, it's because a supervisor failed to proactively supervise and do his or her job. Uh, so I think that's extraordinarily important. The other thing is uh, implementing and institutionalizing community policing throughout the department. I did it at Carson Station. We we're the first sheriff station in the state to win the James Q. Wilson Award for Excellence in Community Policing. I talked about the gang diversion program that we created. I want to replicate that model at all 23 of our sheriff stations where we have genuine outreach to the community and develop genuine partnerships with the community. And when we do that, those relationships build and trust is developed. So even when bad things happen, folks can come to us and trust us and know that we're going to give them uh, the straight scoop. Okay. I have two clarification questions. One is you sent, you said you would send the right message from the top. What is that message going to be? That we will never violate the law to enforce the law. That we're going to uphold the highest standards of professional conduct both on duty and off duty, period. And anybody who violates that will face ramifications. Okay. And my second question was, you plan on putting the COPS program, the COPS, Community Oriented Policing, in place throughout the department. How do you plan to do that? The way I did it at Carson Station, we're going to have outreach uh, to the communities. I, one of the things that I did was I did town hall meetings uh, state of public safety presentations to every single neighborhood uh, that I had in the Carson Station policing area. I didn't do it by myself. I took the local patrol deputies. I took the detectives. I took the narcotics investigators. I took my gang investigators. And I took my traffic deputies. Everybody went with me, and I forced them to have direct contact with the community. I would do my presentation, 
And then I would have my folks engage in dialogue, direct dialogue with the, the neighborhood. Uh, and that's during that process, we would identify the public safety priorities for the community. A big part of community policing is working with the community to identify, prioritize, and develop solutions to public safety problems uh, that the community uh, thinks is, are important. I mean, we may go out and say, well, it's important to, to make a dope arrest on this major boulevard. And they may tell us, yeah, that's important, but we also think it's important that you deal with the speeding down my residential street. My deputies need to hear what the, what the priorities are to that community and what the potential solutions are. And then I held every one of my deputies accountable for identifying those issues within the neighborhoods they patrol uh, and formulating a response to them. And then, most importantly, giving feedback uh, to the community to, in terms of how it turned out. Uh, the, the two basic concepts of, uh, concepts of community policing are partnership and problem-solving. Uh, and then beyond that, the four pillars that I consider to be tantamount to, to effective law enforcement are suppression, intervention, prevention, and rehabilitation. That's how I'll do community policing throughout the department. Okay. And moving on now, if a constituent were to ask you if you are elected, what will you do to reform and improve the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department? What would you say? Well, I would root out uh, the lingering corruption that we have. One of the advantages that I have uh, as a as somebody with inside knowledge of the department uh, is I know what leaders were complicit in the previous ethical, unethical behavior, uh, and they're going to be given the opportunity to, to change their ways, and if they don't, they're going to have to go. And anybody else who has a philosophy that's contrary to providing that, that professionalism that I talked about, that ethical conduct that I talked about, uh, they will either have to change their ways or leave the organization or, or deal with the disciplinary process. So you would be comfortable firing people that are currently your colleagues? Yes, I would. If they deserved it, absolutely. Okay. And if a constituent were to ask you if you are elected, what would you do to make the county safe and improve policing specifically? What would you say? Well, I'm going to, re I'm going to refocus our efforts on the core missions of the organization. Uh, we do things as a police department, as a public safety agency that hardly any other agency does. I don't know if anybody does what we do. We have patrol, we have the jails, we have court security, uh, we have the Metropolitan Transit Authority, we have all these countywide services. Um, but what has happened over the last several years is that um, a lot of unfunded programs have been created. And they're, they're good programs, they're nice to have, but they're not imperatives. When I took over my current job, there were about $52.5 million in unfunded programs. In the 12 months that I've had this position, I've reduced that down to $40 million. But those are, those are deputy items that are being pulled out of radio cars and jail modules and courtrooms to do these other things. Like I said, they're nice to do, but they're not imperative. I want to make sure that we're focused on our core missions, our core service delivery first. And once we're comfortable that we're doing the best we can there, then we can talk about doing the other things and, and soliciting funding from the Board of Supervisors or grant funding or whatever the case might be to do these other, uh, you know, special programs. Okay. And speaking of reform, do you support a Citizens Oversight Commission? I do. I do. And I want it to be independent from the politicians. I don't want it to be, uh, you know, a manifestation of political will or whimsy. Uh, I want it to be a, a, a credible 
independent board who can be a conduit between the community and the sheriff's department and vice versa and give me some true recommendations uh, for reform or improvement. What kind and, of- but beyond that, Max, I also, I also want to engage in that collaborative reform process where I want to bring people into the organization. I mean, that's, I don't know how more transparent we can be. I think we, you know, the, the external oversight is great, but we need some internal stuff, too. What sort of power or what kind of power would you want the Oversight Commission to have? Well, I want them to be a voice of the community. I want it to be a, a place where the community can go and express their concerns. Uh, they'll have tremendous influence over me. In terms of legal authority, uh, we'd have to legislate that because we have the Peace Officer Bill of Rights that protects confidentiality uh, of personnel records and discipline records and things like that. Uh, I don't mind sharing that with a credible oversight board, but there has to be some sort of attorney-client privilege. Otherwise, uh, we're going to face a major civil liability. Okay. And continuing on now along the lines of reform, Max Huntsman, a corrupt politician's worst nightmare, is the relatively new inspector general. Do you believe having an inspector general is a good idea? Yes, I do. I have a great relationship with Max. We've had several conversations. We're working on some uh, reviews together. Uh, that he's already started. I know he's still setting his office up, but he's, he's, he's started to get into a couple of different issues, uh, and I think it is a good idea. Anything that we can do to build public confidence in the Sheriff's Department, I'm comfortable with. A Sheriff's Department that has nothing to hide has nothing to fear. So OI, the, the IG is fine, the Oversight Commission is fine, uh, as long as they're set up in the proper way where they're credible uh, and they're meaningful to the people who go to them. Now, in terms of Mr. Huntsman's recommendations, what do you plan to do with those? Well, I plan to take every single one of them under consideration, and we'll explore them. And if they're reasonable uh, and they're doable, we'll, we'll make it happen. Okay. And moving on now, I would like to incorporate former Sheriff Lee Baca into our discussion. And for the purposes of disclosure and for those that do not know, just if you could, if you wouldn't mind exactly just stating your pri- prior affiliations with Mr. Baca in terms of your years in the department and what it means to be under sheriff. I'm sorry, assistant sheriff. Well, for ten and a half months, I was his assistant sheriff. Uh, I have worked for him in a command capacity for the last fifteen years, uh, but my most recent position put me in a much closer relationship with him. Uh, we did not agree all the time. We had some public uh, disagreements. Most of our disagreements were in private uh, because I was very clear on what I would, how I would operate as an assistant sheriff. He was very comfortable with that. He told me he wanted me to help him reform the organization. So I took that authority he granted me and got to work. I have no current relationship with the sheriff. I have had no contact with him since he resigned. Okay. And if new scandals, which started under the previous sheriff or under your tenure, are uncovered after the start of your term, what will you do? I'll deal with those. Uh, first of all, I'm going to try to root them out before they are uncovered. I'm, I should discover them myself. That's why I created that anonymous website where if there is misconduct going on that I'm not aware of, uh, people can tell me about it and don't have to worry that they're going to be punished by somebody within the chain of command. Uh so I, I want to try to root that out myself. I do know where there are some some uh, underperforming executives. I won't say that they're uh, completely unethical. I do know that they bought into a philosophy that's not something that I'm comfortable with. 
But as these things come to my attention, whether it be internally or externally, they will be dealt with quickly and transparently. Okay. In terms of finding out about them through your website, will you personally be looking at that website? I am personally looking at that website now. All the complaints come to me uh, and the current chief attorney of the Office of Independent Review. Okay. There are still ranking officials and people who knew about the scandals in the department who were there while Mr. Baca was in office. If elected, will you attempt to remove people who were senior officials under Sheriff Baca to make sure the department starts off fresh? Yes. They will either be transferred from their current assignments, uh, and when appropriate, they'll be separated from the organization. Okay. And so, you, and you will, will you attempt to remove every single person or demote every single person who was involved or who or had some link to one of the previous scandals? Uh, not necessarily. P- uh, people have an opportunity to straighten up and fly right. It dep- depends on their level of invo- involvement and their level of culpability. Uh, but if people were on the fringes and affiliated with, with these folks that caused us all these problems, they'll get the opportunity to, uh, to uh, subscribe to the new way of doing business in the Sheriff's Department. Okay, what happens if they're kept on, and what happens, how are you going to make sure that culture doesn't come back? Well, there's going to be strict accountability directly to the office of the sheriff. All captains and above are going to have direct accountability to me. I don't want things filtered through several layers of this chain of command. Uh, I I can't micromanage all of our 66 various commands throughout the department, uh, but I can have direct communication with those commanders. And here, at least on a global level, you know, what's going on and how they're doing. Okay. The other thing is we have to implement CompStat. Uh, that's been infrequent over the last 15 years. What it's is that? In terms of the implementation, uh, I, I need to evaluate my uh, my command team constantly relative to their core missions and also uh, administrative functions such as risk management. What is CompStat? It's comparative statistics, and it's uh, it's a model where we look at uh, all the various barometers relative to a command, you know, crime rates, response times, uh, number of lawsuits filed, et cetera, the list goes on and on. Uh, and we do a, a comparative analysis in terms of what those numbers have been in previous years and how they compare to the rest of the organization. And it provides for direct accountability to the, for the commanders running the operation. Okay. And many people have said that because Sheriff Baca kept affirming he did not know about the scandals that the Los Angeles Times was reporting, he either turned a blind eye to them or really did not know what was going on in his own department. Even though it is very large, what will you do to make sure you you know what is going on in the Sheriff's Department? Well, as I just described, I need to have direct communication with my commanders, uh, not just my chiefs and, and area commanders, but my unit commanders, the people running you know, the ground-level operations. I want to hear directly from them without any filtering in terms of what's going on. I also have, we have an inspectional services division uh, that's being created. It's uh, going to be comprised of 64 personnel at a cost of $13.5 million. And this is going to be my inspection arm. It's going to be a direct report to the sheriff's office, and they're going to go out and do inspections on my behalf uh, to ensure accountability. Okay. And do you believe Mr. Baca brought any good to the department? I believe he did. He was clearly a visionary, and he opened the doors of the organization uh, to various cultures throughout the county of Los Angeles. He's a very inclusive individual, uh, very open-minded to new ideas, and I think he he taught the organization a new level of compassion. And I think that's very important 
uh, for a law enforcement agency to have. And will you keep these in the department? Of course, uh, yes, absolutely. Okay, and moving on now, some of the candidates running for third districts for the third district seat on the Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors have said they would like to use the quote-unquote power of the purse to get the sheriff to make changes they or the board would like made. As sheriff, how, how would you respond to, if the power of the purse is used? Well, they use the power of the purse now. Uh, you know, I'm the budget guy, as I've described, and and the Board of Supervisors have, has always had control over the Sheriff's Department budget, uh, and they use that to their advantage. But we have a very collaborative relationship with the Board of Supervisors. Uh, when I got this position, I went over and met with every single one of them and their staffs and explained our budget situation, and, and I even reached out to them to find out what their priorities were. And, and I think we're pretty responsive to that. I know that the Sheriff, Sheriff Baca had some issues with some of the supervisors, and Sheriff Block before him did, did as well. But I believe our relationship today is very good. I think they have a lot of confidence in me. Uh, they know me. They've known me for a long time, and they know that I tell them the truth. Uh, so their influence is welcome. Uh, they have constituents just like the sheriff has constituents, and I want to be responsive to their needs. Okay. So you, you would then make the changes that the, the individual member or the board as a whole would like made? Uh, I, I can't say I would do all of them, uh, and it's very dangerous to just do something one supervisor wants done that may be contrary to the other four. It is a, a legislative body, and I believe in transparency to all of them. If one of them asks for something, unless there's some reason for confidentiality, <clears throat> they all five should know about it, and I'd like to have consensus from the board. And there may be some things that, quite frankly, we just can't do. There has to be a certain level of independence uh, by the sheriff's office. Uh, but to the greatest extent I can, we're all in this together. We have the same goal for the residents of Los Angeles County, and I would try to meet them halfway, even when we had disagreement. Okay. And quickly, what will you do to reform the jails? Well, we need to have uh, a new tone from the leadership. Uh, we, you know, I talked about that message from the top before. Uh, I think that was a big part of the problems we had in the jails. Uh, the wrong message was being sent, and we had sergeants and lieutenants and captains that abdicated their responsibility. So that's number one. Number two is I'm a big supporter of this dual track that we're implementing where we're going to professionalize jail operations. Uh, the jail commission, uh, the Citizens Commission on Jail Violence, uh, use the terminology catchers and keepers, and they distinguish between deputies who want to be catchers, those who want to go out in the field and bring crooks to jail, and keepers who are content and, and find their calling is working the jail and running constitutional you know, uh, custody facilities. And I think that's valid as a concept, and I want to find people who, who indicate that their calling is working the jails and give them the opportunity to spend their career there, and those who want to go out and patrol will facilitate that so they can go out to patrol and do what they want to do. So when we have people who are fulfilling their passion, I think we're going to have more professional operations. So you're not uh, the, la the last thing, I'm sorry, is, is the mental health issue. We have to respond to that better. I would like to have 24-7 mental health response teams within our jail facilities to deal with mental health crises instead of resorting to use of force. Okay, so going back to what you were talking about, the dual track, you're not auto you don't automatically want to put the new deputies in the jails then? No, no. I, I, I'd rather fill the jails with people who want to work the jails. Okay. Don't you believe that would lead to excessive force? How would that lead to excessive force? If I have people who want to be there and they want to 
be professional jailers and commit their career there and seek promotion within the jail environment, uh, I don't see how that that, that would result in excessive force. But support. how do you, how do you know they want to do that? They want to be in the jail for that reason and not for not so they can go do things that otherwise they couldn't do, such as doing things that violate department policies. Well, I don't know how I would crawl into their heads and determine that. We do our best through the the background process and the training process, and then it's a matter of supervision and evaluation. But we do have people indicate when they hire on under the department now if they want to work custody patrol or both. So we can identify those early on who want to commit to a custody career. But if they get in there and the supervision is much closer within the custody environment and we find that they're violating our core values or or basic policies, uh, number one, they won't get out of probation. Uh, they'll get poor evaluations. They'll probably get themselves fired, and they certainly wouldn't be rewarded with any promotions. Okay, and I'd like to move on now. We're running short on time, but speaking, I'd like to now move on to the federal government. The U.S. Attorney for the Central District of California indicted 18 deputies and members of the brass, and more indictments could come. If you are elected, what will you do to make sure this behavior stops and the culture is changed so people know acting like these 18 did is not okay and such behavior will not be tolerated? Well, by making an example of people that, that uh, don't act appropriately, don't follow our core values, and don't follow you know, the philosophy of professionalism within the organization. I think it's reprehensible that those folks were indicted for doing what they were told to do. Now, I'm not absolving them of any responsibility, but I think the travesty there is that, especially with the Anthony Brown case at Operation Pandora's Box, where the FBI informant was hidden from the FBI by faking his release, uh, release from the jail system and moving him around our, our different facilities, that was directed from the highest levels of the organization. And we have uh, deputies, sergeants, and lieutenants are now facing uh, federal trials for obstruction of justice when those who issued the orders are still walking around free. I think that's reprehensible. So would you fire those 18 people? Well, I'm going to let uh, the justice system play itself out. We're uh, prevented from taking administrative action until the criminal case is done. But certainly, if we find that there's culpability through the criminal process, or even when that's done, even if they're acquitted, and we find a preponderance of evidence that they violated department policies, yes, they'll be fired. Okay. And speaking about the FBI informant who was moved, will you get? Will you try to get to the bottom and find out why exactly he was moved? Yes, I will. I think I have a pretty good idea, but uh, I'm going to let that process play out in federal court. Uh, but that will be administratively investigated when that's done. Okay. And I'd like to ask one more question, and this will be the last one because we're running short on time. The L.A. Sheriff's Department has a program called Friends of the Sheriff, which the L.A. Times reported on December 18, 2013. If you are elected sheriff, will you stop this program? Once I got the job I'm in now, I stopped it. You did? It's already stopped. Yes. Okay. What, when, when was it stopped? It was stopped, uh, I'm going to say, about three months ago. Okay. Okay, because it was, like I said, it was reported by the L.A. Times on December 18th, so I can't stay as to whether or not... Yeah, and and as I was digging into these operations and trying to fix all the the mess that was left for me, uh, that came up. The the L.A. Times had contacted me about that. We looked into it, and and there were two different things. The Friends of the Sheriff program, really, it, it referred to favoritism and hiring, uh, with friends of the sheriff, and then there was a formalized program where department employees were encouraged to recruit um, uh, applicants to our department, and they were fast-tracked in the background process. 
So the two terms kind of got jumbled, but both of them have been stopped. Okay. Well, thank you very much for that, Mr. Rogers, and thank you very much for joining me on the hot seat. It was a pleasure. The hot seat after hours starts right now. You can email the hot seat inbox at the hot seat with Max Schwartz at gmail.com, or you can tweet me at Max Schwartz TV. You can also read and follow my blog at maxschwartztv.blogspot.com. You can subscribe to the hot seat newsletter by clicking on the link on, on our page. Go to annabergradio.org slash podcast and click the link underneath the hot seat description and enter your email address. Thank you for listening. I hope you'll join me next time with 3rd District Board of Supervisors candidate Pamela Ulick.